God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Welcome to By Design here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today. My name is Walker Wildman, and I'll be your host for today's episode. This episode of By Design. By Design is a project of the American Family Association aimed at strengthening godly marriages and encouraging godly marriages because we believe that marriage and family, uh, that, that, that family is a central building block for all of human civilization. So we need godly marriages, not only in America, but all across the world. And I wrote an article not too long ago about the origins of family, the origins of family. And you can find this article at our By Design website, afa.net forward slash by design. Also at the homepage of our website, afa.net, you can see a banner there that takes you to the By Design page. And on our website, on our By Design website, we have, not only do we have articles like the one I'm about to talk about, we also have great uh, short inspirational videos to encourage and strengthen your marriage, to challenge you towards a more godly marriage. Uh, we also have uh, a couple statistics on there um, and this podcast as well linked on the By Design webpage. So a lot of great information and tools there for you to consume with you and your spouse and hopefully encourage you to live a more God-honoring life and marriage. This article I wrote really takes us back to the very beginnings in uh, to the very beginning in Genesis. Genesis 1, 27 through 28 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living creature uh, thing that moves on the earth. So God clearly created us in his image. He created us male and female. He told us to be, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so that's what we're here to do. God's prescription, God's design for marriage is to be between one man and one woman for life. And you, you hear that now in, 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 in the 21st century, and it almost seems countercultural and counterintuitive and counter to what everybody out there in the world says. But here's the thing. Uh, God's purpose, God's design, and his word does not change. No matter what the culture says, God's word doesn't change change. And so we're here to proclaim that which may be unpopular and may be countercultural right now. Um, we're here to promote God's design for marriage and family because it's the best uh, model uh, for everyone, not just for Christians, although that is how God intended it to be uh, for, but, but marriage is good for everyone. It's good for society. We can get into the statistics um, about about how how societies and countries and nations benefit from biblical healthy marriages. There, there's 
overwhelming research that shows that healthy marriages outlined by Scripture are the best uh, relationships and they create the best environment for human flourishing. It's overwhelming that even the secular research only affirms that which we already know to be true and that God's design for marriage and family is the best way. I go on in this article titled The Origins of Family, and not only do I introduce the origins of family starting back in Genesis, but uh, God's Word gives us clear direction as to how our marriages should be conducted, how they should be carried out. And in Colossians 3, the author here says, Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. And so we're to get along, we're to respect, and we're to love our spouses and respect our spouses. And what I want to talk extensively about today, amongst several other things, but I want to talk at least for a little while about what all your marriage affects and who all your marriage affects. Because at times we can get in our own bubble and our own circle and we can think that, well, our marriage just affects us. Or maybe our marriage and the health of our marriage only affects our spouse and myself. But healthy marriages, God-honoring marriages, are about so much more than just ourselves. And I say, I've say i said before, I've said pretty often, and I'll say it again here, um, that if we think as believers, as Christians, if we think we're on this world for our purposes, boy, are we going to miss out. Uh, boy, are we going to be wrong. God placed us where we are. God gave us the resources and the relationships and the marriages and the family that we have for his purposes. And so this this a short time we're on this earth that comes and goes, as Scripture says, um, it is not about us. It's about us serving and honoring God with our lives and with our relationships. So that really has to be the basis of your view of marriage and family in order to to effectively uh, foster a marriage and a family and, and raise children that are all about honoring and, and, and furthering God's kingdom. But when we talk about who all our marriages affect, as I mentioned, it goes so far beyond uh, just ourselves and our spouses. But let's start there. Let's start there. And let's first talk about our relationship with God because we can't leave God out of our marriage. It just doesn't work. Um, If we don't include God and allow God to have full dominion, full authority over our marriages, we're completely going to miss it, um, and marriage is going to lose its purpose, lose its power. Um, So first off, our relationships, our marriages should be built on God's Word. That's abundantly clear. Uh, Marriage is God's creation, God's institution. So our marriages, first and foremost— should be built on God's Word and our relationship with Jesus Christ as as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as the one who redeemed us from our sin, that relationship should be first and foremost. It should be top priority in our lives. And once we've established that, once we know where where God is to be in our lives, which is to be the, 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 not only the author, but have full authority and reign and, and, and authority over our lives and our marriages, uh, that's got to be first priority. That's got to be right there up at the front. And when you move past that or move along with that, 
Then you get into the importance and the role of our marriage and our spouses in um, our marriage and our family. So we have our relationship with God that has to be well-established, that has to be firm. We have to know that God has full authority over our lives and we are here to serve him and to honor him. Then we have to understand the importance of our spouse. And there's all kind of marriage books out there and there's you can go to counseling and you'll get all kind of mixed, uh, you could get all kind of mixed opinions as to what the most important relationship is in your life. But once we've established our relationship with God, the second most important relationship here on this earth is our relationship with our spouse. And that should be very, very important to us as husbands and wives is our relationship with our spouse. We should not uh, be equally sharing our affections with anyone else on this earth. Because our spouse should be top priority because our marriage, according to God's word, is a top priority. So we have our relationship with God. We have our relationship with our spouse in that order. And you see here that I'm not only outlining God's design for marriage, but I'm also uh, implicating all the people that it affects. So our relationship, our marriage affects our relationship with God, is our marriage honoring God? Our marriage also affects our spouse. But then you get into our children. And you're seeing the bubble expand here. And it can expand and affect people in a good way or in a negative way. And if we follow God's design and God's prescription and submit to his will and his authority then naturally our marriages will have a positive effect on those around us. But it can do the opposite, and we'll talk about that. But our children, our marriages affect our children. God's character is seen both in the father and the mother role, in the husband and the wife. God's character can be revealed uh, through those two roles, those two biblical roles, fathers According to Scripture, they're known to be, and they're described as protectors, as providers. And I've heard testimony amongst testimony, and even in my own life, my father gave me a glimpse. My father's love and affection and his leadership and his protection gave me a glimpse into God's character. And that's what a biblical marriage can do. It can give our children a glimpse into what a godly marriage is supposed to look like. When you talk about the role of a mother, mothers are known to be and described in Scripture as nurturing and helping. And that word helping in the original uh, Hebrew is ezir, which is the same word, the same help or helping word um, is also used to describe the Holy Spirit. So mothers are described to be nurturing and helping. Uh, Ruth in Scripture was described as a teacher. She taught other women the things of God. And this is not a very exhaustive list, but you see here just in the mother and the father role, as far as it affecting our marriage, affecting our children, 
we have the opportunity as husbands and wives, as fathers and mothers, uh, to show the character of God to our children. So we have the relationship with God. We have our relationship with our spouse. We have our relationship with our, our children. And these are all the people that your marriage affects for, for either good or for bad. And then you get beyond our children, and then you have our extended family and friends. The world, people we associate with, our friends and our extended family, when they see our marriage, and, and, and when I'm talking about myself, my wife Lexi, when you see our marriage, the, the marriage of my wife and I, Lexi and I, you can either get a positive picture an uplifting and encouraging picture of marriage, or you could get a negative picture of marriage. And we, we've all been around someone who, or we've all been around a couple or a marriage um, that isn't healthy. And whether it be in private or public, we've all been around someone who maybe they're going through a struggle in their marriage. Uh, maybe one spouse is unhappy, but you can see how that can that, that can drag others down. Our testimony, our witness, um, can drag others down if we're not careful. You're listening to By Design here on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Walker Wildman, and we're talking about God's design for marriage and family. And my wife and I have hosted other episodes here on By Design here on the American Family Radio Network. And if you want to listen to those other episodes or check out some of our articles or videos, you can go to afa.net forward slash by design, afa.net forward slash by design. And before we wrap up this discussion and move on to a few other topics, uh, this discussion, I'm talking about who all our marriage affects. And the bubble is growing here. The list is growing of people in our life that our marriage can have either a positive or negative effect on. And our our prayer here at American Family Radio is that your marriage would have a positive effect on those you interact with. But the last little tidbit of advice I would give is what the, 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 the encouragement and the challenge that Scripture gives when God's Word encourages us not to gossip. We need to be very careful about our conversations regarding our marriage with those we interact with, whether it be family members or friends or coworkers, even our children. Marriage struggles, uh, the, the, the issues or the challenges that you have with your spouse or even with yourself in the marriage, uh, that, that really is not intended to be shared uh, with the public and with other people. Now, if you have a small group setting you know, with your pastor or a discipleship group with other men, if you're a, if you're a husband, uh, if you're a wife, and you have a small group with women where you do discuss the challenges that you're facing in your marriage and your husband or your, or your wife is aware of those challenges and y'all are working through that together, then that's a more appropriate setting. But what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that we don't need to be ragging and talking negative about our spouse and our marriage in public and with others. you got to be very careful uh, to protect your marriage and keep that between you and your spouse or those uh, close to you who you can trust and who it's appropriate to discuss it with. Um, definitely not. Uh, we don't need to be discussing 
uh, marriage uh, issues with people of the opposite sex. We just don't need to do it. It's not healthy. It wouldn't be appropriate for me uh, to be talking negative about my wife and our marriage with uh, someone of the opposite sex who's not a family member. Um, It's just not appropriate and can lead to very unhealthy relationships and can lead to affairs and other things. So we need to be very protective of our marriage, very protective of our vulnerabilities, and make sure that you're being in full communication with your spouse on that. And marriage is a sacred bond that God created, and we must protect it. So that's what I'll uh, end on on that topic. So you see there, our marriage affects many people. It's not just about us. Our marriage affects um, dozens, if not more, of people in our life. Uh, so that's why how your marriage goes and the the intentionality and the effort you put into your marriage is so, so very important. And so God, God created marriage, and he desires us by the power of his Holy Spirit uh, to pursue our spouse and to seek a godly marriage. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but it's the right thing to do because God created it, and he wants us to honor him with our marriages. Hey, by the way, I mentioned our By Design website, afa.net forward slash by design. But we also have a resource center here at the American Family Association. And on our resource center, we have all kinds of resources to help disciple your family, your church, your small group, those that you come in contact with. But we have a few um, books that might really pertain to this topic of marriage and family and discipling your children. There's two specific um, uh, books that I want to point out. The first one is a, a book done by our great friend and co-host of Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio, and that is the 21 Toughest Questions book, The 21 t- Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity. Uh, that's a workbook that we have available at our resource center. Resources.afa.net is the URL there to go and get that book by Alex McFarlane. Uh, We also have uh, the Boy to Man book by Brian Fisher available at our resource center. Uh, The Boy to Man book by Brian Fisher, an excellent book there that talks about raising godly sons, godly men in today's society, in today's culture. So that's just two, uh, to mention a few, two resources there at our resource center. And we have tons of other resources available for your consumption, for you to order, and for you to use to continue building a godly marriage and to raising godly children that honor Christ. I came across an article the other day by our good friend David Jeremiah, Pastor David Jeremiah, who's also heard here on the American Family Radio Network. And here's the headline of this article by David Jeremiah. The Great Commission begins at your doorstep. And I interact with people um, in my church and people I interact with in the public. Um, and, and sometimes people feel, Christians feel, like not only are they overwhelmed with what's going on in our country, but they feel like they just can't have an impact. A people that... Um, that, that maybe they they're not a they're not a lead pastor at a church, maybe they don't have a radio show, they're not a television host, uh, they're not some a pop singer with this mega platform, they're not a CEO of a company. Uh, these are just everyday hardworking people, Christians, 
who feel like they don't really have a say, they don't really have an effect on the outcome of our culture and the direction that our culture goes. But uh, that's, that's really a lie from Satan. Each and every one of us, no matter what uh, role we play in society and in our country, we all have opportunities each and every day to be salt and light. And this article by our good friend David Jeremiah point out that this starts in the home. You know, I said to someone the other day, I may not can control what happens somewhere overseas, but I can control what happens in my home. And that really should, should, um, should stick with us and should drive us to action. David Jeremiah ends this piece by saying, yes, the Great Commission is a global task, but it begins at home in our own household, our neighborhood, and our community. In other words, lifestyle evangelism, a lifestyle of revealing Christ in us, can become a beacon of hope for those in our corner of the large world. And so any of you who are discouraged out there, feeling like uh, you're the, the, what you're putting into your marriage, what you're putting into your family, that you're not having an impact, um, that is the most important, I would argue, the most important impact you can make here in this life, and that is to ensure that your marriage and your family, that they honor God with everything that you do. So we need to be making disciples in our household, being intentional with our time, with our spouse, um, to ensure um, that our family is not neglected that our family is not neglected and we put forth the time and effort to make disciples in our own household. That is the most important thing to do. When you read, I wrote uh, another article, and this is talks about the role of fathers. The, the, uh, art, the headline or the subject line of this blog that I wrote this year is about is who is the key player in discipleship? Some believe each Christian have a, has a duty to participate in discipleship. Others believe inst- the institutional church has a primary role and responsibility concerning discipleship. While both the individual Christian and the whole church play roles in discipleship, the family also is a major player. I go on here to talk about Luke fourteen twenty seven, which says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Here Christ is referring to the level of commitment required to become his disciple. He associates discipleship with the Roman symbol of death, the cross. In John 8, 31 and 32, the apostle writes, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here we can, we can see clearly in these two passages that in order to be a disciple, you have to first believe in Christ as the Son of God and secondly, abide in his word. John Piper explained discipleship by saying, every Christian should be helping unbelievers become believers by showing them Christ. That is making a disciple and every Christian should be helping other believers grow to more and more maturity. That is 
uh, making a disciple. And so we have the uh, our view, our worldview of discipleship. And many of us fully understand what it means to be a disciple. I just outlined it there based on Scripture. But we need to make sure that we're translating that or we're carrying that into our home. Because some people, they genuinely believe that that Sunday morning worship and fellowshipping at church at a, at a location and a Wednesday night Bible study, that that's being a Christian, that that's being a faithful believer. And those things are good, but but our faith and our discipleship is so much more than that. It's so much more than that. Discipleship is something in our homes that should be taking place each and every day. And so I conclude this blog when I, uh, with that is about who the key player is in discipleship, and I say that I conclude that Viewing parenting with this perspective, with the discipleship perspective in mind, will allow the church and fellow believers to come alongside our families and build upon the foundation that is pre-existing in each Christian family's home. If parents begin to view their authority over their children from a stewardship perspective, then we will begin raising children with eternity in mind. And, folks, we don't need, and I'm speaking to myself here as a believer, um, we don't need to send our children uh, to church and out into the world unprepared. A discipleship building, worldview building takes place in the home, and then other believers in your church should come alongside you and strengthen that and further that uh, discipleship and training, but it starts in the home. And if we send our, our, our children out unprepared for the world, unprepared with a biblical worldview, with understanding who God is, what his word says, um, if we send them out without that into the world, um, that's on us. And that's, that's a tough thing to swallow. That's a tough thing to accept. Um, but you and I have a stewardship responsibility over our children and over our marriage. Uh, so we got to take that serious. Um, and we got to make sure that we're providing our children with the resources, with the information, and with God's Word, the Word of God, uh, so that they, when they go out into the world, they are not unprepared. Uh, well, you've been listening to By Design here on the American Family Radio Network. I've been your host, Walker Wildman. My wife, Lexi, has been with me uh, not this episode but on previous episodes. So she and I have chatted about our marriage and just a few things that we can offer to the table to help strengthen your marriage. And so I hope you go to our website, afa.net forward slash by design, and listen to some of those other episodes that my wife Lexi and I have done. It's been so good to be with you. Look, life is tough. Life is challenging. We are sinful. But God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can overcome this world, so that we can overcome uh, the sin that so easily can beset us. So Cling to God's Word. Cling to the Holy Spirit. Love your spouse. Love your children and your family. Let's make disciples, and let's further God's kingdom. That's my challenge for you today here on the American Family Radio Network. You've been listening to By Design. We'll see you next time.